Good morning, pile. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Slow day today. Why not? What's going on? That's, you know, it's... Be gone. Be gone. Be gone. You know, Be another gone. holiday Be week. Gone. Extended. Yeah. Be gone. Oh, that's right. They binge rushed yesterday. Be gone. I, for, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like hell I did. Yeah, and here we were yesterday. Russ isn't the problem. Well, apparently Sean Payton thinks Russ is the problem. Whew. And <laughs> I, I mean, how that conversation? I would love to have been a fly on the wall. Oh, I would have just wanted to stand in the room. As awkward so, as it so was. Russ, three thousand and seventy yards, twenty six touchdowns, yeah. eight picks. He's got a ninety eight. Passer rating that ranks him seventh among qualified quarterbacks. You have just just to set where yeah. where the numbers are right now for him. And you don't have a tight end. You don't have any front line skill players that you can rely on week in and week out. Devontae Williams, injuries, Samaj P. Ryan's not a number not an RB one. Jaleel McLaughlin, that's hilarious. Cortland Sutton. Not a RW or WR1. Jerry Judy, not a WR1, 2, or 3. Tim Patrick's continually hurt. Your offensive line is not a lot of money, but good. it's better they than it was, but not great. Week, but that doesn't mean they're great. They're better than what they've but had, but not great. It's not my fault in talent acquisition. It's your fault. So we're going with Jared Stu. There's a lot of things to unpack from this. Mm-hmm. One of the things that seems to be the case is, number one, that, and, and I'll, James Palmer, NFL Network's the guy that, that talked about this yesterday, mm-hmm. that with Sean Payton being from the Bill Parcells tree, yeah, that there's always the, if this guy's not a guy that I brought in, then I don't necessarily... This guy's really going to have to mm-hmm. earn my trust. And you ne- you've, you've never really gotten the sense that that relationship has developed with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. That as much as... No, any, you never it, really have. I mean, early on, what, what was the, the early comments from Sean Payton? The, the office, the entourage, all that mm-hmm. stuff. That's not happening here now. That's not going to happen. There, that will not be a situation that occurs under my watch. Not going to happen. Right. The the comments about, you know, kind of dumbing down the playbook a little bit, going to the wristband, Russ is having a problem getting plays called. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Early on in the season. During that one and five stretch. Yeah. And then the blow up in Detroit. Where Palmer said that what would seem to be the sense of that was Peyton screaming at Russ saying, how many times have I told you we've gone over yeah. this scenario, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that's where Peyton lost it on Russ. And then Denver, where, where Russ, Russ is kind of wheeling and dealing and doing his thing in the fourth quarter, and Russ talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of went off script and was making plays, and that's not what Sean Payton wants. And so we've 
with a, a, a devastating loss to the Patriots, a then three-win football team, now four-win team, where you were playing at home, which John Payton, according to Palmer, was not crazy about that game being a home game, didn't want his players around family with a game of that importance. He's afraid of the distractions. I'm just I'm just saying that he was yeah. a, a being... He felt would have been better if it would have been in better in New England because they would have all been together at a hotel, hunkered down, task at hand, which is one in a football game. And not, not, I don't think he was trying to imply that Sean Payton's Grinch, but he felt like that was a distraction. Okay, whether because Pay, like because Sean both, Payton knows this is football, this is a job, yeah, right? Right. Like this isn't you're deployed. You know, to be in country in a war like I, this I, is football. I, I'm just you can be at I'm home relaying with your the information for your job. I'm relaying the James Palmer information here. You would think that it's a veteran group of guys that know how to handle their business and be focused. Because Palmer talked about the lack of energy on the sidelines. Because he was there mm-hmm. on the sidelines for the NFL Network telecast, and he said the sidelines, Broncos sideline was dead. There was just this feeling of when things started to go sideways, yep, here we go again. Here we go. This is what we're used to. And there wasn't the feeling of, hey, let's, at least in Detroit, there was guys were pissed. Mm -hmm. Sean Payton was angry, obviously. And there was, there was a different vibe, even in a loss, uh, you know, a a bad loss for the Broncos in Detroit, that there just seemed to be a, nope, here we go. Here we go again. I just and can't get over the fact that. I, I know, but that's, but once again, that's what James Palmer thinks. I don't know if it's a, an exact quote to him from Sean Payton or anything. I think it's the vibe was from Payton. If we would have been on the road, our focus would have been better. That there was concerns about them being at home and family You're and still everything. Average football team, yeah. no matter where you well, play the game. Well, and here and here's the thing, but the, but that that is the you know, let's not bury the lead here. That's what this team is. It's a it's an improved football team, but it's still a very average football still team. Still remarkably average. And but this now starts to build a storyline, right? Where Russ was out there making plays, but it's off script, and Sean Payton's unhappy about that. It's like, I would much rather lose my way than win a way that's not mine. That's what it says to me. And on its own, in a yeah. vacuum, it can be like, well, okay, that's yeah. kind of ridiculous. But then you add in the fact that I don't want these people around family because we have to win a football game. It's like, don't you also have one? Aren't you now telling your family I'm, like I'm assuming that Sean Payton job the, is more yeah. important than my family, and on, that's on Christmas not Eve. Great. I, <laughs> I don't disagree with what you're saying, and we don't know that he exactly said that. That was what James Palmer we could probably infer that there's James something, Palmer, who's pretty dialed he's in, be killer to be Sean Payton's yeah. wife. <laughs> it's a little struggle, it's I'm sure. Be times. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's my birthday. Don't care. We got a draft coming up. <laughs> What'd you give me for my birthday? A third round running back. Okay, now that we're done smacking around Payton here. Oh, and his, we're not by and his far hate, done. And his, hate, and his hatred of holiday. No, just the hatred of holidays part. Ah, which holidays, we, family is family. Family, which I really. don't know. I don't know. Well, it could be hatred of holidays, too. It could be all of it. Which what is family time. Valentine's Day? Scouting. Scouts, what we're doing. We're watching film, babe. Not a film. Films, plural. <laughs> uh, watching Washington, Oregon lots, again. Lots of all 22. Yeah. Lots of all 22. 
So uh, well, we're trying to James pointer. Palmer. Sean Payton hates the fact that anybody can get the all 22, according to what Palmer said. Is there yesterday. anything Sean Payton likes? I don't know. Other than hating stuff? <laughs> well, there was that time he's hitting the bong. So, <laughs> so he likes the gummies, apparently. So he no, he was, the ball. he was hitting the bong. That's true. But he needs a handful more. Yeah. So here we are with, with Russ getting benched. He'll be the backup the last two games. And, you know, Peyton's like, oh, we'd have to play him. We'll play him. Okay, stop this whole says that's but, a lie. But stop this whole thing of it's not about the economics. Because that's, ex- that's, that's exactly what it's about. They want, Peyton doesn't. They're, right now I'm watching the get-ups a little bit on the screen up here. Talk about how they that Peyton never wanted Russ. And that could very well be true. It never seemed like it was a really symbiotic, kumbaya, we're on the same page relationship. Not like he had with Drew Brees. It doesn't seem like that. It never felt like that. It felt like, okay, I've I've got this guy for now. Let me see what I can do with him. But I'm but I'm gonna Feel right. I feel like right now he's not the guy for me. Right. He's not. He's not my guy. We can't make it work with him. And but I'm going to try because I've been hired to try to make it work with him. I feel there's some truth there because I was kind of reading some things yesterday afternoon, this morning, to where this yesterday was not the day Sean Payton decided to bench Russ. Yesterday was the day Greg Penner said, "Okay, yeah," and that for two months. There's been, and I read this in another article, there's been the undercurrent of Russ is on the verge of getting benched. Mm-hmm. And some of this is that Sean Payton is not entirely sure, is Russ the problem with the offense being what it is? Is it like we had, we played, we brought back our Ryan Harris interview. Is it the guys around him? Is it Cortland Sutton? Is it Jerry Judy? Is it not having a, a really productive receiving tight end? Mm-hmm. Is it an offensive line that they invested heavily in with Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey and it hasn't entirely panned out? Is Russ hold the ball too long? Is Russ the problem or is everybody else now, the, the risk problem? Of being unpopular, this reporter places the blame for all of this squarely on you. And then you got the Mark Kisla theory that, well, it's because he's pissed at Russ that they lost to the Patriots. And it's not, and, and it's, and of course, Kizzle thinks that Peyton lost the game with calling the timeouts late, which certainly helped the Patriots. I understand well, if what it's he was, Peyton's fault, how is he mad at Russ? And if it's Russ's fault, why yeah. is he mad at himself? Yeah. So here we are with, you know, another reason why they want to, they want to see Stidham. If Stidham goes out and executes this and this offense looks really good, then it's going to be, ah, Russ is the problem. Mm-hmm. See, told you so. Russ is the problem. And we'll, but, fi- we'll find out the next two games, uh, whether or not it's everybody else or it's Russ. And here's the thing, and part of the reason why Stidham was the, he was the backup plan. He was the bridge. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe the, the starter, because he's 27. It's not like he's ancient. Had those two pretty good games last year, which I'm, I'm they say, well, it's not, it's similar, but it's different than last year with Derek Carr. How is it really different? <laughs> they released Derek Carr. They're probably going to release Russell Wilson. He's going to start the final two games, barring injury. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it's radically different because it's pretty much the same deal. 
it's very much the same situation as they don't want to get this guy hurt because there's such a huge injury because guarantee. The $37 million mm-hmm. injury guarantee that kicks in when the league year starts. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge part of this. And, and you look, Sean Payne can say, look, 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 all right. Economics look. have nothing to do with this. Yes, they do. It's all economics. It's all about the economics of this. So here, just to give you a quick lay of the land as far as the economics part of it. He's Wilson signed through 2028. Way to way to go, George Payton. Two years could have uh, could have good mean, way to. There were people throwing parades and very nearly taking their shirt off when Russell Wilson was acquired. I was building. No, <laughs> so, no, I was one of them. Uh, good deal. <laughs> I was one of them. A revisionist history, a little bit. No, what? I'm not saying that I. Or you did the uh, good job, George Payton. It's like, well, there are people, you know, throwing a parade when he was signed. So well, how no. quickly things can no. change. No, I'm not talking about the brain in Russ. I'm talking about the extension. Yeah, okay. That's, that's where that's I'm fair. You, you didn't let me finish what I was trying to say. You kind of jumped in there before I was going to say, way to go on pushing for the extension. Because he had two years left on the Seattle deal. Mm-hmm. You could have easily said, and I said at the time, why don't you play this out? Why don't you see what it looks like? Why don't you see if it, and I and I get what they were trying to do. I understand what they were trying to do. They thought Russ was going to be really good, and that on the open market they were going to save money. When that they got him inked early to the you know, the two hundred and twenty five million dollar deal, yeah, that they were they were going to eventually save money on it. They didn't. They're not going to. It's no. it's a it's a gigantic iceberg-like millstone around their neck right now. And so we, that's, where I, that's where I criticize George yeah. Payton. I don't criticize the move. They, he went big. Things blow up. It was a panic purchase. We all kind of yeah. know and recognize that. But and I don't criticize him for that. And, and I'm not going to because he, he was trying to bring in a guy that he thought would bring stability to the quarterback position. And it's been more the draft picks because mm-hmm. Seattle's used those picks really well to bolster their football team. Yeah. It's not the guys that they gave up because Shelby Harris didn't obviously stick with Seattle. He's with Seattle. He's with you Cleveland, know, Locke, Locke helped him win a game, and Noah Fant's never been anything close to what he was in Denver. No. It's not those guys. It's all those draft picks that they've that have and, developed into good players. So, anyway, with, with Wilson, the extension thing is the problem here because uh, that was a George Payton yeah. pushed for that hard when they had the two years and they could have waited to see what happened. So, He's signed through 2028, but he's only guaranteed money through 2024. And so his entire 2025 salary, which is $37 million, will be guaranteed if he remains on the Broncos roster at the end, at the on the roster at the start of the next league year, March 17th, per over the cap. So they could do a couple things. They could outright release him by March 17th. So they would actually lose $49.6 million in 2024. Uh, Denver's already projected to be at least $18 million over the 2024 cap, so cutting him straight up wouldn't be probably the best way to go. Designating him as a post-June 1 release, though, that's probably a better way to go because then Denver would eat his salary, $35.4 million, but it would avoid any additional damage. And so for the Broncos, they'd be able to essentially split it up. The Broncos could designate Wilson as a post-June 1 release Limit the cap charge to thirty-five point four million in twenty twenty-four, fifty-three point six million in twenty twenty-five. Then they would get some credit for Wilson's whatever he makes 
anywhere else in 2024. Yeah, and if I'm Russ, league minimum, baby. I'm making the Broncos pay every dollar. Absolutely, they can. you 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 do what yeah. Derek Carr did. You just sit back, you fold your arms, and go. Either trade me or release me. Mm-hmm. And there's and I think Russ has a no trade. I'm not signing off on anything. So he'll probably end up being released. Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen. And as as far as the Peyton part of it goes, I don't mind taking the chance. We we know it was kind of right. a panic purchase, but I. My problem with, like, Deshaun Watson is the person. Not necessarily the contract and the taking. Like, at least they tried to go do something. It's just... Right, and once again, really... I, I think you misunderstood. My yeah. thing was about the extension. I, I still felt like they should have waited. I understood why Probably, they did yeah. what they did. They should have waited to see if Russ was really the mm-hmm. answer. And they had two years to do that. They chose before he... I mean, boom. Gave him the extension. By walking in the door. Walking in the door before he ever took a snap. I was a little bit like, mm, I'm not sure if that's the right way to go. And and that's where I criticized George Payton. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't brilliant. Yeah. So the last deal he signs as a quarterback for the Broncos is Wilson instead. And so we got reaction to it today. Uh, it's funny. Like I said yesterday, we're talking about Russ isn't the problem. Well, apparently Sean Payton thinks he's the problem. But Sean Payton's also smartest guy in the room guy. So, Russ could have zero interceptions, like, but if he's not doing it Sean Payton's way, he's going to bench him anyway. And here lies the problem of, I'm a coach, I've got a, I've got a system, and I've got a guy that's different than what I normally have, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm not, I'm not, he doesn't fit what I like to do. And I'm going to give this a chance. But I know what the results are going to be. I mean, that's that's kind of the feeling I've 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 got from this whole thing. Do you feel as a fan, mm-hmm. Russ got a fair shake by Sean Payton? Like no, not, not, not the not, office, none of that stuff. No, no. Um, not entirely. No, it doesn't feel that way. Does no, it? no, not no. I, I I don't think so. I don't think so. Because like we've talked about it, we've talked about it for weeks. Just for looking at the numbers and watching the game. Like, Russ is not the problem here. And I guess here we, but here's the thing. You're going to find out if he's the problem or not. But it could mean that Russ wasn't the problem, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to part ways with him because the relationship's now irreparably damaged. Oh, 100%. Yeah. All right. It's time for what's happening. Mark Johnson, voice of the uh, C- CU uh, Buffalo is coming up in just a moment, by the way. All right, uh, what's happening brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner at ComWest. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow with a new surveillance system, business phone system, cybersecurity, and network support. They're your technology service partner. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp.com. Dot com. All right, start things out with, of course, the Russell Wilson era could be coming to an end in Denver after Broncos coach Sean Payton decided to bench the veteran in favor of backup quarterback Jared Stidham. Wilson will be the backup on Sunday when the Broncos host the LA Chargers. Many pundits speculate the move is being made to possibly release or trade Wilson and the team doesn't want him to get injured, so a possible $37 million injury guarantee would kick in. 
Denver still has a very slim chance of the postseason, and Peyton says it's all about trying to make the playoffs. In our game today, there are economics and all those other things, but the number one push behind this, and it's a decision I'm making, is to get a spark offensively. Obviously, it's difficult. You know, all of us feel like, man, we didn't do well enough. Denver's last three of their last four games, and Wilson has thrown four interceptions during that stretch. So 27-year-old Jared Stidham will get his opportunity to be the Broncos' starting quarterback. He was in a similar position last season with the Las Vegas Raiders when he started the final two games before they released Derek Carr. Stidham says he's looking forward to the challenge of making his first regular season start for the Broncos. The goal and objective is to always get out on the field and play. And, you know, that's what my goal has always been. That's how I've always prepared myself and so forth. And, you know, Sean brought me up, brought me up in his office this morning and, and told me, you know, I was going to start this week. So just keep preparing like I, like I have been my whole career. And, Denver hosts LA Chargers Sunday on the Team Sports Network with pregame at noon and a 2:25 kickoff. Tonight on the team, it's the Jets against the Browns pregame at 5:30 on the Team Sports Network. The Avalanche blew a four-goal lead in a 5-4 overtime loss at Arizona Wednesday night. Colorado dominated early with goals from Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Jonathan Druin, and Logan O'Connor. But the Coyotes responded with three goals in the third period to go on to win in overtime. Despite the loss, the Avs picked up a point to move into first place in the Central Division. Also for McKinnon on the point streak, the franchise point streak, he is now one game away from uh, tying the record for the Avalanche. Uh, Nuggets forward Aaron Gordon's out uh, after sustaining lacerations to his face and hand after a dog-biting incident on Christmas Day. According to the Denver Post, the injuries required 21 stitches, and there's no timetable for his return. Police were not called in the incident. Gordon's averaging 13.9 points and nine rebounds per game for the defending NBA champions. As far as yesterday and bowl game action from uh, yesterday, the military bowl right here on the Team Sports Network. Virginia Tech beat Tulane 41-20. to And the Dukes Mayo Bowl, West Virginia beat North Carolina 30-10. to The Holiday Bowl, it was Southern Cal knocking off number 15, Louisville 42-20. to And the Texas Bowl, number 20, Oklahoma State beat Texas A&M 31-23. Today on the team, we have the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, SMU against Boston College. That will start at 9, so it's a holiday edition of our show yep. today, wrapping up at 9 o'clock. That's two things that I always feel go together, Boston and sushi. I always, you know... Can't, can't picture the two sushi separately. wicked good. Yeah. It's wicked good. It's wicked hot wasabi. It's wicked hot. Wicked hot. All right, 722, and that's... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. Call ComWest today at 970-242-8142. Or go to commerscorp.com. Voice the Buffaloes. Mark Johnson joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. It's the Western Slopes home of Colorado sports. Come on! This is the Jim Davis Show. It's time to talk buffs with CU voice Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team. And with us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, Mark Johnson. Mark, happy holidays. Thanks for joining us as always. Jim, good morning. Hope you had a great Christmas. I, I certainly did. I hope you did as well, you and the family. Uh, a, did you get a favorite Christmas gift from the family uh, this year? Uh, you know what? In recent years, I have uh, began to tell them, listen, uh, there's not really anything I really want under the spending time. Uh, every once in a while, I go, you know, I, I do need this. So I had uh, had them give me give me a new uh, fence pliers. So that's that's what I got. That, that's a simple thing to ask for, though. It I mean, is. and it's, and it's know, something I mean, you need. It, yes, and, and uh, the old one was was had some problems, and uh, I actually cracked the handle one time. And so uh, when I was battling on something, so I just said, "Yeah, give me new fence pliers." And 
They said, we don't know what that is. And I sent them a little link and said, there you go. And so they ordered it for me. And Very good. That's they didn't go to a Murdoch's or a tractor supply or anything like that. They just ordered them. Got it offline. That's good. That's there you go. Yeah, yeah they're nice, sure. nice and nice and efficient. Very and, uh, simple. Yeah, you very. Know, Jim at our age, I just you know I don't, I don't what, what what do I want? You know, I mean, if I need a pair of socks, I go buy a pair of socks. So you ask for something simple, something that's so practical, and that's what we went with. Absolutely. I that that's we're we're that we're in that stage of our life where if I want something, I'm going to go buy it. Same with my wife. It's like eh, if I want that, I'll probably go buy it. And so yeah, it, it makes it nice when it's something you're going to use. As you, you have a lot of fence around your place, you're going to use that on a pretty frequent basis, I'm sure. Exactly right. <laughs> well, uh, a little holiday break for, for of course, uh, you and uh, your fellow broadcasters a little bit uh, as we get ready for uh, the start of uh, the, the 2024 a portion of the schedule for the Colorado Buffaloes. A uh, nice little downtime here. I know Tad Boyle talked about it's a, it's a really good time to be a college basketball player because you don't have any classwork right now, a school uh, not in session. And get to the gym, get some work in, spend some time with family, get the batteries recharged for uh, what will now be the beginning of conference play this weekend. Yep, they got the Washington coming to town. I was actually up at the event center yesterday, and, and surprisingly, I didn't realize that uh, Washington came into town yesterday. So for a Friday game, it came out Wednesday, so I had a chance to talk with uh, Mike Hopkins, my old buddy at Syracuse, for a little bit. And so uh, they got a real great opportunity, I think, Colorado does. You know, you're sitting at 9 and 2 right now. And you got your first two games at home with Washington, Washington State. Quality teams, but not unbeatable teams. And, uh, you know, I like the way Colorado's playing right now. They're, they're, they're one of the better offensive teams in the country, not just the conference, in America. In fact, when I was talking to Hop, I said something funny. He goes, goodness, because their offensive numbers are stupid. And I said, yeah, I know they are. So um, I, I like where, where the Buffs are sitting right now. And, and I'm hopeful that Cody Williams will come back. I haven't seen anything indicating that. I haven't talked to Tad since prior to the, the, the holidays. So. I'm, I'm hoping he'll be back here for the start of conference play. And so, yeah, things are looking very positive, I think, for the Buffaloes. Yeah, Cody Williams has missed four games this season, past three due to an injured left wrist. Uh, R.J. Smith has also been out as well. And uh, and Williams' status, as you mentioned, uh, somewhat up in the air for uh, that Friday game, that game coming up tomorrow uh, with the Washington Huskies. And, and when you look at Washington, they're 8-3 right now, Mark, and, and Keon Brooks Jr. Uh, having a strong season for them, averaging 20 points per game. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, you know, they brought him as a transfer a couple of seasons ago, and uh, he's an outstanding player and, and one of the better offensive players. He's a big guy, you know, six seven, he weighs two hundred, I don't know, fifteen pounds or something like that. So, very quality wing player, and so that that's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, if Cody's healthy and is able to go, I think that that's kind of an interesting matchup. But, but Luke will guard him at different times, and, and certainly Tristan at different times. Uh, because of their side, and, and I, I think probably you'd see probably season Javon Hadley on him as well, since he's a real good defender. But but yeah, he's he's going to be one of the keys to their team. I think um, they look to be a pretty good offensive team. I think their defensive numbers are solid, not great. Uh, they've had some ups and downs in that regard. But you know, one thing when I was talking to Mike Hopkins yesterday, what he said, he said, you know, one thing I like about this team, Mark, he said they have got a fire about them. There, there's a competitive and an edge to this basketball team. And, you know, they beat Gonzaga earlier this year. And I know Gonzaga right now isn't what they have been in recent years, but they're still a top 25 basketball team. And so they've got an awful impressive win on their list. And I, I think it all probably starts out with, uh, with Keon Johnson, or Keon Brooks, rather. Mark Johnson, voice cover to Buffalo, is with us. We'll have the Buffs taking on Washington at the C of N Center tomorrow night on the team. Pre-game at 6.30 for that one. Mark will have the call along with Scott Wilkie uh, from Boulder uh, coming up tomorrow night. Uh, bounce over to uh, a kind of a, a wrap a little bit here of uh, the early signing period for uh, Coach Prime and the, and the CU Buffaloes. And 
Jordan Seaton finally made an official mark signing with Colorado after he made some people nervous about that brief flirtation with Maryland. Isn't it interesting what this, you know, the signings have become and how they how they unfold and, and the, the drama that's involved and the attention that's involved. And, you know, yeah, everyone was getting nervous that the number one offensive tackle recruit in the country was not going to sign with Colorado. And I'm sure you saw the video, the same video that I did then when he was with uh, with Bucky, with Neon Jr., uh, in a car, uh, apparently down in, in or out in, in Atlanta or down in Florida. I don't know where they were. But all of a sudden, you know, Bucky, you see Bucky on, on his phone, and he tilts it out over there. There's, there's a seat sitting next to him in the car, and then they just both laugh. And, and so, yeah, the the drama and the, oh, the theater, let's put it that way, that's involved in all this stuff really is amazing at this point in time, what, what this thing has become. And, you know, and now we, we assume he's going to be a great player because he's the number one ranked kid in the country. Uh, but, you know, nothing's guaranteed, as we well know. And so now, now we'll get the campus. We'll see what he's all about when he gets here. But he certainly looks the part and uh, had us all sitting on the edge of our seat for about four or five days. And, and that's that's the new world we live in with recruiting, that uh, these young men, uh, you know, do those kind of things and have that kind of theater involved their signings. And the rest of us just sit on, with bated breath and social media goes out of its mind. <laughs> that That's what social media does best. Yes. Go go yeah. out of its mind. Uh, Mark yep. Johnson, voice of Buffalo, is with us. And and uh, other additions to the portal, former Florida State linebacker DJ Lundy, uh, he's committed to Colorado as well. And, and a talented player uh, with, with with all that I've seen and the highlights I've seen and the numbers he put up during his time uh, down there in Florida. Uh, you know, and, and I'm awful impressed with, with what Dion has done. You know, and I go back to this. I think I said it to you maybe last week, Jim, or some show anyway, that I said, you know, the – world is going crazy about, you know, Dion's in trouble and, and he's not getting anybody. You can't rebuild an offensive line. And, I don't know. and what has he done? He's gone to get and put together the number one uh, portal transfer class in the country once again and, and continues to add to it. And uh, it, it's a fascinating thing the way he does this and the way he goes about his business to put this group of talented players together. But the guys he's brought in are awful impressive in terms of their resume and their past history. Now, I know it doesn't you know, what's that old financial line about not predicting future success? But holy cow, there's some good-looking players coming in. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm all for it right now, man. I can't wait to see what spring ball looks like. Absolutely. Of course, they had the Alabama tackle. They added the, the Houston tackle recently. So yep. it, there's been a great focus by, by Coach Prime and his staff on protecting Shadur with all those offensive line transfers. Uh, also getting Jordan Seaton as well, the top uh, prep uh, offensive tackle in the country and then what what they've done on defense spring in lundy and players like that yeah there had to be i mean there was no doubt about that and you didn't have to be a football genius to figure out that the focus of this recruiting period was going to be the big bodies both offensively and defensively they had to i mean it was it was the glaring weakness on that football team all season long and so they, they've done a great deal addressing that uh, you know, you mentioned that we talked about the linebacker and him being kind of an edge guy and a rush guy. And so they brought in the bodies they needed. And, and so they already had the skill guys. They've added some there as well. But then you bring in the big bodies. So this is going to be a pretty complete-looking football team. I mean, r- right now, the, I guess the only question I have right now is who's the offensive coordinator? We think it's Pat Shermer, but that hasn't been officially announced to this point. And when Dion's talked about it, he hasn't, you know, made it, uh, you know, a, a permanent deal. And so that, that's the only thing I'm wondering about right now because everything else right now seems to be set now for the upcoming season. Voice of Buffalo's Mark Johnson joining us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, a couple of things, Mark. Uh, Athletic Director Rick George uh, was in an article recently 
commenting about uh, unlimited transfers and how that could take uh, the focus off education. Uh, Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser, part of a group of uh, AGs across the country that are involved in a lawsuit uh, uh, for the NCAA to eliminate transfer restrictions. I guess just your takeaway on on uh, some of uh, Rick's comments. Uh, well, let's go back to takeaway uh, or transfer restrictions. That's insanity. There's no business in the world where you can just willy-nilly uh, just go flying around no matter what. And it, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And this, this slippery slope run of college athletics is going to destroy what we have. Now, does that mean it totally goes away? Absolutely not. It's going to be created into something else. But at this point, I, I just sit back and I just shake my hand. Because so, so let, let me get this straight. So every other sports entity in the world, there has to be some commitment on both sides from an uh, organizational standpoint and from an athlete standpoint. And they want, except for college athletics. Am I understanding that correctly? I mean, how insane is that? You have to have some level of commitment going both directions. Now, that doesn't have to be that, that one owns the other one for four years, okay? It does not have to be that. But there's got to be some limit to this in some form or fashion. You know, Lane Kiffin, and, and, and goodness, you know the world's getting strange, but all of a sudden I'm on the side of things with Lane Kiffin. <laughs> but Lane Kiffin came out the other day and basically said, how can we have this unlimited? There's no other sport that in the middle of a season you can have free agency in college uh, football right now. You can't do that in the NFL. You can't do that in the NBA. You can't do that in Major League Baseball. There's a free agency period when people can move. When their contract is up, and they no longer have a responsibility and an agreement that they've, you know, shaken hands on and put a, a signature on. But in college athletics, we just want to open up and go, okay, at any time, you can just move on? I mean, how does that work? I, I don't even know. You, you, can't, you can't have any sense of organization or productivity in chaos by definition. But what we're, we're continuing to do, we want to continue to push chaos in the college athletics, and it just doesn't work. And so... Uh, it's it's just silly that you see that and and you know Rick's comments about taking taking the uh, focus off of off of uh, education. I certainly agree with that, but I, I'm I'm afraid to say that we've we've left we let that ship yeah. sail a long time ago. You're so, so right. You know it's yeah. some of this stuff. I just shake my head and and yet when I bring it up on on, on many talk shows, I'm on you know national talk shows or something around the country, I bring it up and people scoff at me like I'm insane. I just like you know what's the great line? Was it? Uh, Oh, the Zoolander line when Will Ferrell says, I, I feel like I'm on crazy pills half the time when I'm on some of these talk shows. There, there has to be some kind of commitment. I, I agree with you that, that it can't just be, yeah, I'm not happy here. I'm just yeah. ready to leave. Yeah. I, I, there needs to, I don't want anybody to feel hamstrung and handcuffed to, a, to an entity or whatever. But there also has to be some kind of compromise here in terms of, of a commitment that involves both parties. Well, Institution always, and student athlete. Jim, I've always said with this, okay, okay, we, everyone's got the freedom to move, but when you have an agreement, there has to be an agreement of some sort, right? And, and I said, I've got no issue with, with athletes being able to transfer, right? All right, but it, it can't just be because. That's not a reason, okay? We, we see that all the time. Um, th there has to be a reason. If, if you can verify that there's some, some extreme situation that's going on, otherwise, when you shake hands on a contract there has to be value in your word in that and a responsibility that okay we've made a deal okay i i've got a deal with learfield sports i've got a deal with the university of colorado um 
So, okay, here's a prime example. Right now, you know what the big story is in, in, in the state of Colorado. It, it's what's going on with the Broncos and Russell, and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, okay, fine. If one side wants to get out of this deal, in this case the Broncos, they've got enormous price to pay. They've got to live up to the deal which they signed. And so they're going to have to pay a great deal of money to get rid of Russell Wilson. Uh, if Russ wanted to leave, uh, there, there are certain avenues you go through, but there's a huge, you're going you're gonna to forfeit all kinds of stuff. What we're saying in college athletics right now is, I'm 19 years old, uh, you know, half the time I can't find my butt with both hands, but if I just get a willy-nilly feeling one day I want to leave, I'm just going to leave in the middle yeah. of the season, doesn't matter. I have no responsibility to anybody, and that's not the way that a society can or, or should work. Totally, totally agree with you on that. There, there needs to be a fair way for, for athletes to transfer. Yeah. There needs to be a, a process, but it can't just be, eh, I don't like it. I don't like the new uniforms we got. I don't like what we're getting at the training table here at uh, Northeast Southwest University. I'm going to go to another place because I hear they've got better unis and a better training table. And so I'm going to, it's, there has to be a better process and that's where the NCAA has absolutely just failed oh, time terrible. and time and time and time again, Mark. And yeah, we're sure. uh, you're, you're not you're coming into friendly territory on this show yeah. when you when you well, bring well, up some of these things. Well, well, Jim, look at it. When you've got guys who are all conference caliber players on top twenty football teams in a country, and, and they're all of a sudden deciding, yeah, I just want to go. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I saw some quotes from the new uh, North Dakota State being a North Dakota. Uh, uh, you know, native here. I saw some coaches. They just hired a new new football coach there, and he was talking about this. I and I know Jay Novello at CSU was talked about the 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 fight it is for anybody at outside the Power Five level, the lower level, to keep players because of the amount of tampering that is going on, which is not allowed, by the way, in any other league as well. Everyone no. gets fined if you tamper, and in college athletics, we have no problem with it. I can call up a good player at North Dakota State, if I'm at the University of Texas, and just go, hey, why don't you come play for me? I've got some money. We can do this and do this and do this. And you can steal the kid. And there's 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 no rules against this apparently right now because NCAA is doing nothing about it. It's, it's just a brutal system that we've fallen into. And for some reason... Anyway, most people are afraid to call it out. I think I think it's just it's 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 just for creating chaos. All right, Mark, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. You mentioned Russ. Uh, your take is this a Sean Payton problem or Russell Wilson problem? It looks like no. I mean, it, to me, it's. I guess Sean Payton needs to find out if Russ is the problem with them offensively, or if it's everybody else around him. And Jared Stidham's going to be the the guinea pig in this, I guess. Well, uh, everyone pray for Jared Stidham because I don't think that's going to work at all. Um, you know, I, I sat back yesterday, really, when this came down, and looked at, at Russ's numbers, and I thought, okay, is he is he a, a top-five quarterback in the NFL? No. Is he a below-average quarterback? No. Right no. now, he's playing average to slightly above-average football. In a league where it is supremely important to have a proven commodity and a guy that can be productive at the quarterback position, uh, apparently they're going to just part ways with Russell Wilson. And you've got Stidham, and they're going to draft somebody. And, and uh, by the way, our, our buddy Joel Clatt was on the, one of the local shows here yesterday and was talking about how hard it is now because of what college football has become on the field and to get them to understand the, the protections and everything in the, in the National Football League and how it is a huge learning curve for all of these guys. So 
you've got a, a proven commodity. You're about ready to pay him a quarter of a billion dollars in a new contract, by the way, which hasn't even started. And you know that he can be productive and be serviceable that you can win games with if you surround him with talent. And so now they're about ready to let him go to jump back into the sea of the unknown in the NFL from a quarterback standpoint, which where you never want to be. And they find themselves already in that in that no-man's land of the National Football League, outside of the playoffs and outside of the top ten picks, which is a horrible place to be. So it just it seems like you're making a decision to put yourself back in the middle of the muck in the National Football League, and that's a very difficult place to get out of. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Mark, a happy new year to you and your family. Always appreciate it, my friend, and, and we'll talk to you next week. I look forward to it. See you, Jim. Thanks. Take care. Mark Johnson, Voice of the Buffaloes. We'll have him tomorrow night with Scott Wilkie uh, over at the uh, CUVN Center. The Buffs and Washington to open up Pac-12 play 6.30 tomorrow night right here on the Team Sports Network. All right, it's uh, time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, the Colorado Avalanche don't get any music today because they blew a 4 nothing lead to a team whose capacity arena is nine people. And doing so, they talked to Kale McCarr after, and he says they have a problem handling one of the uh, game of hockey's biggest necessities to handle. Obviously, we knew that they were going to press. Um, it just just feels like once we get on our heels, we can't really find a way to get off of it. And uh, that's what it felt like. Just every time you're touching the ice, you get a little anxious, not knowing what's going to happen, and then guys get a little um, mishandled pucks and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one, obviously. I just don't think we found a way to handle that type of adversity, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, we have to find a way to just make sure we can calm everything down at a moment and um, and refocus as a group. Two years ago, this team won the Stanley Cup. Now they're having a hard time handling adversity. That's not good. That's not good. Like they're good. a good team. It, I mean, you score four goals kind of like just bang, 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 yeah. bang. But still, there's... There's some problems, problems on, here. Problems on the defensive end. Yeah. They're missing something. I don't know what it is. Is it Landis Scott? Is it a cadre? Is it a, a really good two-way player? Is it leadership? It's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a, it, they're missing a couple pieces. And I don't absolutely. know what they are exactly. All right. We'll take a break, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll talk about some of our favorite stories of 2023, and also bring you uh, our interview we did with the Grand Junction Tigers Boys State uh, Runner-Up Golf Team that uh, had such a successful season. Uh, we'll have that coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line. 970-242-1340. Welcome back. Jim and the Buckeye Boy. We've got some thoughts about uh, Russell Wilson getting benched. Jared Stidham will get the start Sunday against the Chargers here on the team. And uh, we'll talk with Cody Rourke, our uh, Broncos insider next hour about uh, the benching of Russ. But uh, we're bringing some of our uh, favorite interviews of, of 2023, and one of which was with the Grand Junction Tigers boys' uh, state runner-up golf team. They uh, took second place in Montrose uh, in the state uh, golf tournament, uh, finishing uh, in uh, second place to or, uh, to Evergreen as they won their first-ever state golf title. But uh, we had the chance to talk with the Tigers uh, boys' state uh, runner-up team uh, after they... Uh, wrapped up a very successful season for coach um, 
uh, for Coach Show, excuse me, um, Tom LaFabre. It's it's Thursday of a holiday week. For Coach Tom LaFabre and the Tigers, here's our conversation with Grand Junction Boys Golf. Grand Junction Tigers Boys Golf Team taking second to 4A State Golf Tournament at the Bridges with us right now. Head Coach Tom LaFabre, also Jack Hall, Hunter Simmons, Kai Cordy, uh, also Maddox Lovato uh, joining us as well. Guys, thanks for coming on this morning. Thanks for having us, Jim. Tom, I know the, the expectation was to win state, but, boy, to, to take second place in the, in the 4A State Golf Tournament, that's still an incredible accomplishment with, of course, three of your guys coming back to, to take another run at it next season. Uh, that's right, Jim. <clears throat> we, uh, we did accomplish a lot this year with seven regular season wins, uh, a regional title, and you're right, second place was not our goal. Our goal was to win a state title. But we came up a little short, and even though we're disappointed, we're getting to the point where we are appreciating all that we accomplished this year. And uh, we are excited about next year. Uh, We'll keep working hard, and we're going to make a run at it again next year. Grand Junction Tigers boys golf team, our team's team of the week. Uh, Tom, you, you went to that final round in third place, but but able to uh, to jump over Riverdale Ridge. Um, you, you know, they finished one shot behind you guys in third, but that, that says a lot about uh, the way you guys grinded in that, uh, that final day at the Bridges to, to at least put yourself in position to, to make a run at first and get that, that second-place finish. It was a pretty, uh, pretty exciting finish. We went in seven back or six back and knew that we were going to have to play well. Uh, when it was a little bit too far out of control, we did have to battle to stay in, uh, to get to second place. And it was uh, an intense finish. Hunter Simmons was playing with one of the players from Riverdale Ridge. And on the last hole, Riverdale Ridge player made a bogey. Hunter had to get up and down to uh, make par to get us a one-shot lead. And he hit a, he hit a chip to about 12 feet. 15 feet or so, and basically it was the only putt he made all day and made us a par, and that gave us the one-shot lead. And then Jack Call was still on the golf course, one hole behind him, and he hit a great shot into uh, 18 green, two putted, and that secured second place for us. So it took a lot of grinding at the end of that round to get to the, get the runner-up trophy. So real proud of how they played all day down the stretch. It's our team's team of the week, Grand Junction Boys Golf Team, finishing second at the 4A State Tournament at the Bridges on Tuesday. You mentioned uh, Jack Hall, and Jack, uh, appreciate you joining us today as well. Tied uh, for fifth uh, in the uh, the individual standings, three over par 74 on Tuesday for a 145. I know that uh, it's not the team's best golf, it's not your best golf, but uh, kind of take us through what it's like to, to, to challenge for the state championship as a team, to, to, to come up just a little bit short, but still to have a lot to be excited about for next season as well. But I know just uh, still enjoying the moment right now with a, with a runner-up at State. Uh, yeah, um, obviously we're proud of what we did. And obviously, my coach said, uh, our goal wasn't to take second, it was to win. And obviously I think we could have won. We just didn't play to our full potential. But so proud of what we all did. We grinded through it. And we'll be back next year to make a run at it. So that's all you can ask. Jack, what's the approach between now and next year? Of course, lots of lots of summer golf tournaments, things like that, uh, as you get ready for next season. 
uh, coming up, of, of course, some fall golf as well for you, I'm sure. But uh, what do you, you know? What do you focus on for next season to try to to, to bridge that gap and to maybe be a, a state championship team next year? Um, I'm honestly just continuing to grind. Kai, uh, Hunter, me, and we're all just out there on the golf course grinding almost every day. And you know, um, I think we we want it the most. We uh we want to win it the most out of every team in Colorado. So just keep grinding at it and. You know, maybe it'll happen. So, also Hunter Simmons with us as well. And uh, Hunter, you finished eighth uh, at the Bridges on Tuesday. I know that uh, you feel like uh, you know, kind of like uh, the same with Jack and, and Kai and Maddox. That you know, your your best golf was probably not the last you know, those two days of the state tournament. But still, uh, there were a lot of things I know you felt like were were positives after um, you, you shot a seventy three on Monday, shot the the seventy five. Uh, that uh, you there, there's some a lot of things you're excited about in regard to how you played at the state tournament. Yes, I mean the first day was tough conditions, and then the second day I struck the ball really well, but I just couldn't get many putts to fall, and yeah, that was kind of my major uh, factor to my poor round on the final day. But overall, though, like uh, like Jack and I'm sure the rest of the guys uh, will like this, Hunter, still got to be thrilled, even though it's you, you, you wish you were, you were hoping to win the whole thing, still got to be thrilled with the way this team finished up with that second-place finish. Yes, I'm super proud of our team and what we've accomplished this year. And it was just super, super great to, uh, to be there as a team and play second. And then also uh, another guy coming back next year along with Jack and Hunter, Kai Corton. Kai, I uh, appreciate you coming on this morning, and I know that uh, certainly, uh, like the other guys, you felt like it wasn't your best golf at, at the state tournament, but uh, I know we're looking forward to next year, but uh, still kind of celebrating what you guys were able to accomplish this year. Yeah, thank you very much for having me this morning. Um, yeah, it's just I didn't play the best two days I possibly could, but taking out the little, the little positives out of every round is always a key thing, so I've been trying to focus on the little positives in every round, and We'll be back next year. We'll keep grinding. We'll keep working hard. And next year will be a different story for us. And, of course, for Jack and yourself and Hunter, you guys all won individual championships uh, during the season. And and so a lot of success there, Kai, uh, to build on for next year. Thank you. Yeah, um, hopefully we can just keep winning more tournaments individually and keep winning more team tournaments next year and, um, you know, try to just make improvements every year. So hopefully the improvements next year is um, make it a – better run at state and hopefully getting ourselves a team title next year for our senior year all right that's uh the grand junction tigers boys golf team tom lafabre their coach and the uh, tigers runner-ups this year in the uh, 4a state golf tournament uh, coming up tomorrow we'll bring you our uh, interview that we had with uh, the delta panthers state championship football team ben johnson and uh, his players uh, after they capture the state title win against rifle all right some thoughts about uh, the benching of russell wilson to me, though, it's it's over with. Russ's time in Denver, there there's no, to me, coming back from this. And so, if you got some thoughts, uh, we'll talk more about it Be next gone. hour. We'll go around the NFL. We've got Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider, coming up next hour. And uh, also, before we get to around the NFL, we'll talk about some of our favorite uh, regional and local sports stories from 2023. So we'll have that along with your text. We got a few of those rolling in today on the Chick Fil A Breakfast Team phone line. Love to hear from you today. Text us or call us, 970-242-1340. Hour 2 coming up next on the Team Sports Network.